Good morning and welcome back to Cliff Central's very own happy hour. Hands across SA. How's it, Sia? Good morning, friends. How are you? I'm always well. Always well. How's it going that side? I am relatively okay. I, you know what I hate, Brent? Brent is always the happy one in the duo, and he's always like, yeah, I'm ready for the day. Then it's as if it's expected that crazy old Sia is going to complain. But you know what? This week, I'm actually good. That's amazing. Nothing to complain about, Nothing even though I woke about. up with minus 2.5 degrees. Like, it, it's a little bit cold, but I think we can A little be, bit cold? Excuse me. It's a little bit very much cold. But <laughs> there it, we go. But let's all be thankful for uh, coats and scarves yes. and, you know, keeping warm. And I heard you talk about soccer. Are you like... Is that your new thing now? Is that what you've been into the past week? Well, the World Cup has sort of taken over, and as we as we head down to the end of it, as we spiral down to the end of it, yeah. Um, of course, there has to be a party to go with it. So I'm busy planning a World Cup party for Sunday. Does it have any relevance to soccer? Will you actually be discussing soccer and the ball and moving around, or is it just an excuse to have a party? It's an excuse to have a party. There we but go. I knew that was coming. <laughs> but we're working on, at the moment, I'm trying to figure out who we believe is going to be in the final so I know what food to prepare. Because if it's Germany and Netherlands, ah, I want to serve some. So you're that bit of World type Cup of fancy food. party host. Uh, I wouldn't say fancy. I'm going to order it in. Oh, okay. That just takes the fame Can I throw it in the deep end? Go. And make people hate you. Who are you supporting? Netherlands? Oh. Uh, uh, that's a safe, safe assumption. Safe assumption. Yeah. Yeah, I'm South Africans, Netherlands. Hop up, Holland. Oh, yeah. Well, I just support any team that wins. <laughs> is that too sad? <laughs> no, I think that's a South African thing is that, is that we move from one, from one team to the next. And as soon as a team gets booted out, you're like, oh, well, I'll yeah. go to the next one. Well, I was listening to the nine o'clock, uh, sports show with Stefano and I learned that the balloon door, balloon door. Yeah. They are like the Grammys of the sporting world. That's my sporting fact of the day. Hold on to it. That can, that can be your party trick on Sunday. Exactly. That's, I'm safe. I heard there's a match also tonight. Something's happening. What match is, is, is... deep end? Ah, don't know. Can't Brent, be sure. Brent, I, I had faith in you with this one. I can Google it. I think I should be. Let's ask Duncan. Duncan is our producer here and he should know everything sporty. Duncan, what's happening tonight? World Cup. There's a match, isn't there? Yes, there's a match. It's the semi-finals. Oh, so it's massive. Yeah, there's That's... only like, uh, some say two games left. Uh, four, t- four teams left. Yeah. And each of those two teams are going to play a game. And uh, depending on who wins those two games, the final is going to be on Sunday. Okay, so so then who's playing tonight? Tonight it's Argentina. No, Sia, why are you doing this to me? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Nobody okay, so knows their sports. No, no, here, here we go. And this, this brings us sorry, straight Sorry, sorry, I'll stop you right there. It's Germany and Brazil. There we go. Germany and Brazil. There we go. And that's a biggie. I mean, it's, it's a home. home but, but that brings us straight into the show and as to why we're here. Yes. We're, we're chatting about education, which both of us need. Yes. More sporting sports education. Sports education. And then education as a whole, that's what we'll be discussing for the next hour. That's it. And so if you want to get in contact with us, let's get the conversation going. Just send us messages on WeChat. Our official account is Cliff Central or then tweet us at Cliff Central Com. But I think this is such a fascinating and relevant topic. You know, it's subject matter that will forever be relevant in a country like ours with so many trials and tribulations. But, you know, a lot of people say, and I think, and I fully advocate this, and I totally think it's the truth. The only way we're going to advance as a country and as a society is through education. 100%. I think, and I don't think, it was Mandela that said, education is the most powerful weapon which we can use to change the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it, it will change the world. 
Do you know, it's, and, and I have to admit, I, you know, given my upbringing and, you know, how privileged and blessed I was, I almost, and I know from my peers as well, they almost take education for granted. It's almost a thing of why maths and why science? And ugh, I really don't need to read a book. And yes, it may be that fact when you do have, you know, sports in school and you can start to, you know, get a little sporting career going or you have extramural where you realize you're a great singer or you can play an instrument. But for other people, literally education, the simple ability to be able to read a book opens up a door that they've never had and opens up opportunities that they've never had at all. So, you know, I think certain people can take the likes of just reading or writing or being able to sign your own name for granted. But it's such a massive thing. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Completely. I think right now, as our listeners are listening to us, you're lucky that you have the ability to do that. Oh, yeah. And you're lucky that you have the ability to answer back on WeChat. A lot of people don't have that opportunity to go to school, to learn how to read, to learn how to write. We take it for granted because it's a given to us. Exactly. But for some, it's not. You know, it's just my my sister's trying to get my nephew into reading. He's like two and two and some change. That's what I always say. And so it's the little thing of just instilling reading and just being able to educate in that way that some people who are triple, quadruple, whatever it is, his age, don't have that ability. So, you know, it's it's, it's still a prevalent issue. I, I won't stop emphasizing that. What was the statistic you read out a little earlier, Brent, about South Africa and where oh, we South, stand? In the education system, out of yeah. 148 countries, uh, they rank us as 146th. With our educate, like our education level. And that's why I said to you earlier, I'm really thankful that I finished school 12 years ago because I I feel that the education (laughs) system might have been a bit higher then than it is now. But let's introduce our guest. We have have the co-founder or the founder of, of Educare, the Educare Foundation. She's actually literally brought a library to our studios. So we can, we can do a little bit of reading in a little bit. Good morning, Deline. How are you? Good morning, guys. Well, and yourself? Well, I, I just want to say, you know, there was a show on MTV, Pimp My Ride. They have whatever they do, if they add lights or they add like a funky hydraulics ball. or whatever, those cars have nothing on yours because it's literally parked outside our studio and it's the coolest thing in the world. I say, you know, it's if, if the going gets tough and you need a driver, hey, see us here. <laughs> uh, see ya. I think that you need to eat more pup before you can drive the mobile <laughs> library, eh? <laughs> If it's automatic, it's nice and simple and easy enough, then I'll be able to move it. Sorry, it's stick. Oh, I see. See, it doesn't have the best of luck with cars, so let's keep him away from the driver's seat. It's too much work for me. But you know what? I, I find what you do absolutely fascinating. So let's get right into it first. What made you start a mobile library? Well, the mobile library was our second project. Mm-hmm. Our first project actually was supplying stationery and school bags to children that cannot afford to buy it. Um, this whole thing actually started, we sat at a school at my godson's school and we actually saw children still coming out having their school stuff in plastic bags. And, you know, my son went to school, he had all his stuff, never went without. And for us, that was so unfair that there is still children in South Africa um, not having that privilege of having the proper stationery. So, so they literally go to school without the correct stationery and then the correct stationery. walk around with what they have in, yes. in plastic bags, like in a pick-and-pay bag. Yeah, a checkers or pick-and-pay bag. Wow. 
Um, and then we started the school back project. We started the junior and a senior back for your junior grades, grade naught ones, twos, and threes, and then from grade four to seven, um, according to the system where we actually supplied all their stationery. And as we got involved with the schools, we actually saw how low the literacy levels in school is. Yeah. So we started sourcing for um, companies to come on board to help us with this problem. And Konica Minolta actually came on board and they donated the bus and we converted it into a mobile library. Wow. It, it actually carries uh, at this stage 3,000 reading books, Yeah. 524 uh, research books. It's got a six laptop IT lab. And it's got 16 e-readers in it currently. That's so, amazing. Yes. That You're bringing amazing. books to the schools? We basically bring books to schools, yes. And what we also then do is where there is no functional libraries, we set up like a mini reading corner um, in these schools. We've already done seven. We still need to do another 13. Yeah. And we need, you know, obviously – as the funding come in, we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've done full, two fully libraries in two high schools as well. And we've set up an IT lab of 30 laptops in, that, in one in, of our underprivileged schools so far. Yeah. That is incredible. I, I have a quick question because sure. earlier on before the show, you, you told us about the amount of schools uh, that actually don't have libraries. There's a, there was uh, the year before last a project called 97 Schools for Madiba. Yep. And if you go on there, the statistics show that there's 22,000 public schools in South Africa. Currently, 18,000 is without functional libraries. Th- that's no, so no library or library that's just there's not stocked. There's a library, or... but it's not it's not functional enough or for these children, so that they basically can go in and sit and read or do research. It's Books dating back to when I was in school now, that's many, many moons ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's very old books or very outdated books for these children. And they're not interested in reading those books because, you know, um, our children of today is very techni- technologically minded. You know, yeah. they actually want to take an e-reader rather and read than to actually feel the book in your hand. So you need to make this interesting for these children. So we go in and we do all these new books that we know that the children love reading and taking out all the old books. And, you know, do the library colorful, put colorful chairs and mats and plants Bring and Bring kids murals. back to reading. That's, exactly. I think that's important. Exactly. Is, that's the basis of education and where, where you start is at the reading level, and that assists you through your years at school. So that, it's highly important to, to get the basics down. That's true, because if you can't read, you can't spell. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. if you can't spell, how do you write a sentence? And what we also tell these children when we go into them is read stands for the following. Read is respect, attitude, education, discipline. Ooh. And it spells read. And you have that four pillars in your life. There's nothing that can stop you from achieving your goals in life. That's amazing. And that's so true. You know, for me, this statistic is genuinely, for lack of a better term, scary to me. You know, I went to a high school, and all of my schools really, my whole schooling career, where we had a library, we had computers, we had labs. I remember sitting in science, the bane of my existence, I have to say now, and they'll talk about all these concepts, and yes, we're sitting in a lab, and yes, they have all this machinery, and they have all these instruments to use, and it was still so hard for me to understand. 
And then I started to put myself in the shoes of a child somewhere who doesn't have a lab at their school, who doesn't have an instrument to apply it in a physical sense so that they understand it. And then you start to realize the true uphill battle that we still have to go with education in this country. So for you, how long has have you been doing this? And what are some of the biggest obstacles that you've had to face? We've been running now for four years and getting... All of this you've achieved in four, four years. years. That is yes, huge. Yes, that we've is done huge. this in four years now. We've started in 2010. Um, and our biggest obstacle at this stage is funding. Um, I think because people see it as the education department's problem and not corporate's problem. Yeah. But you are going to employ that child one day. Oh, yeah. You are going to spend money on that child one day by teaching him to do basic reading and writing skills because that skills was not installed in school. We work in Hushluwe. That's in Zululand. We've got a school down there that we're busy now helping. Uh-huh. These children go to school. There is no windows in the school. When it rains, they all huddle in one class because there's literally no windows in the school. It's a steel structure. But these children have won the choir fest for the last two years, the national choir fest, because that's what they're doing. We're actually basically now going to do an IT lab and a proper library for them. And That's it's a, amazing. and it's a high school. Again, these children want to succeed. They want to go ahead. And so despite it all, these kids really still do have a hunger to learn. Absolutely. You know, with all their circumstances that Absolutely. they face. And so by the way, what's the, you know, are you based in Johannesburg or do you go all over the country? Where do you exactly work or focus we on? We are based in Johannesburg, but our focus is everywhere that we are needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got schools down in, um, uh, Coffee Bay. We've got one school in Coffee Bay that really? we're supporting, yes. Um, it's called Coffee Bay Christian School that we're supporting down there. These children actually still go to school in mud huts. Goodness. Yes. And, you're, and you're bringing the books and the e-books and all of we, this, these learning tools to yes, them. Yes, we've basically have brought them stationery and books and um, lap desks because they actually sit still on the, on the grass and on the ground. Yeah. Um, and we... I have now that school in, in KwaZulu-Natal. We've got schools in the northwest. Um, we've got school uh, one school in Hamanskral. And then but most of our schools are based in Gauteng. That's That to me is amazing. And so what sort of work day do you work on? I know that you were awake at five and already started some to work. Like, <laughs> What's an average day like? An average you? day is the following. When it's now, we like it's school holiday so we can... You know, have a little bit of relaxing time. But then we do the care part of Educare. That's why Educare is divided into two parts. Um, the edge is for education and then the care part is for our care. That's now our winter 2014 blanket and food and So you, you're drive. assisting on all levels. Yes. And the heart of it comes, I would think, down to education. If the kids yes. are warm, if they're fed, uh, all of those contribute to them learning at school and getting the education so that they can join the yes. corporate world. Oh, wow. Because a hungry child cannot concentrate. Mm-hmm. It, and we try to help those children as well um, by helping the feeding schemes at the schools so that at least when they do have a meal a day, it's the one that they get at school. And for us, by supporting that, also, again, you enhance their chance to go further into education. That's incredible. That's wow. incredible. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think as soon as you go out and help into the community, you can only get bigger and better. 
with support from the community as well or businesses and corporates. Um, who are some of the people who've really helped you uh, along the way and even in the community themselves, individuals who stood out in helping you? Well, um, we can start off by our main sponsor. It's Konica Minolta, South Africa. Um, they sponsor books. They Every month we get a donation from them to buy books. Every single month? Every single month um, from them. That's great. Um, we've now partnership with Copper Development South Africa. Um, they've actually donated the money for the e-readers. And we're also now bringing in the users of copper because children in South Africa don't know that there's actually a career in copper in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also, you know, bringing in um, a whole project surrounding copper and copper theft in South Africa. And so it's, it's the education on that level as well. Again, the education on that level by teaching the children, you know, um, reporter is in your car. Yeah. Uh-huh. Report yeah. it because you know your life is in danger. It your affects school, you. You can't go to school if there's no electricity. Oh yeah. So report that. So it's also this whole thing is centered around education. And in the northwest, we've got a company called Pools and Transport that support our schools in the northwest. We've got a children's home in northwest, a girls' home basically um, uh-huh. for abused ch- girls that we support through the school on that side. And then you know you've got your small donors every month that help us support. Um, but at this stage, our need is to get the funding in to finish the rest of the 20 libraries. So, so for our listeners, how do they get involved? How do they get hold of you? Have you got a Facebook? Have you got a Twitter? Um, how do they get in touch? We've got Facebook. They can go onto our Facebook. My Facebook is Delian Havenha. All our information is on there. We have to go slowly with the spelling. Oh. <laughs> so I was already be- on that. What? It's D A L E E N H A V E N G A. Okay, there you go. Now I got it. All right. Got I'm gonna it. I'm gonna tweet that link so that uh, everybody can get hold of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, and then obviously they can find the office as well. Um, or go on to www.charity.co.za and link educate. Great. And so Delina, for you, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned in this four years? That you've been doing this. That caring makes a difference. And isn't that just the simplest thing that we don't realize all the time, but it really does? It it does. You know, for for the biggest reward in all of this is when we leave a school, when we've done a library, is to see the excitement of these children having something of their own, mm-hmm. and knowing that they can go use this any time. You know, nobody's going to tell them they can't because it doesn't belong to them. Yeah. We do this because this belongs to the children and it belongs to their future. And what's been that one significant moment that you will always remember just from helping somebody else? Tukumsres Primary, when the annual national report came back from the previous year where it was 30% and when we installed the library, Last year, it's gone up to 60%. It's proof that education is key. (laughs) You are amazing. You're amazing. That's all I have to say. And by the way, let's speak it out into existence. Let's get it out into the universe and it will happen. What's the one thing that you still want to accomplish with helping um, kids out with reading or education? That all children in South Africa has equal education and equal level of education. And all schools are equal. Not mud schools, not container schools, that all schools are fully functional so that we can really care. 
Because you know, children of today is the leaders of tomorrow. Uh-huh. And if we cannot improve on their education today, what leaders are we going to have of tomorrow? How amazing. It's such a simple premise. It's so, it's simple advice. And it's just everybody giving that little bit wherever they can, however they can, whenever they can, and realizing really that you can make a difference. You, you're absolutely awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's, it's caring that makes us important. Exactly. And, and the children of South Africa is important for us. Um, one lesson we have learned is <clears throat> children don't see color. So why should we? That's, that's, that's it. You know, it's, it's our differences that really shouldn't make a difference. That's what I always believe in. But it's, it's, it's the truth. Our differences really shouldn't make a difference. Totally. Dillian, it's been amazing having you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Oh, we yeah. really appreciate it. We've, we've tweeted links so everybody can get in touch. Oh good, yeah. Good. This is hashtag hands across SA with Brent and myself. See you right here on cliffcentral.com.
That song always makes me happy. It's Happy by Pharrell Williams. Yay! You know, there's actually a, a, a survey that showed that people, a lot of people actually feel miserable after listening to Happy. <laughs> I feel very horrible. What? Because they listen to Happy and the message of the song and how Happy Pharrell sounds in the song. And then they realize that their lives aren't exactly that happy. So then they just get even more miserable because they lead, lead miserable lives. But you know what? I think that's possibly the worst story you've ever told. Oh, shucks. Okay. Let's, let's be wonderful and encouraging. You know, I, I just think it's one of the songs you can't help but tap along to the beat. You tap along to the beat and it reminds me of those those videos that they did with Happy Cape Town, Happy Joburg, Happy Pretoria. Yes, I've just seen the ha- South Africa is Happy video. It's Basically, it's the same song, Pharrell Williams is Happy, and then it's just people from all over South Africa dancing. Because we're a happy people. We went through this last week. We're the friendliest yes. nation in the world. I'm not going to doubt that anymore. No, so, we're happy. As much as, as miserable as some people may be after listening to that song, I think you just have to... Make yourself happy. Fake it until you make it. Do you think that works? I heard that if you smile, if you're having a bad day, all you have to do is just get into a zone and just smile for like a minute. I You'll literally fake it till you make it. Yes, I believe that works. And I also think, uh, if you really want to be happy, if you're feeling a little bit down and you want to perk yourself up, think, uh-huh. think of five things that you're thankful for and you'll realize that you, you have a lot to be thankful for and that, that'll make you happy. It'll turn things around. Can we do the daily Oprah quota? Can we fill it quickly? Just by one Oprah reference. Go. Do you do the gratitude journal? Oprah encourages, she says, at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, write down like a list of five things that you're absolutely grateful for. And then every single day, your list will almost like just it'll grow, add on and, grow, and it will grow. grow and then grow. you realize how blessed and really privileged you are in your life. We've got to thank your mother for that one. That's- Amen. Talented. My mama O is just that amazing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got our second studio guest in in the studio with us. Uh, welcome, Robile from Microsoft. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Brent. Okay, can can we get one question out of the way quickly? Then I'll be like fine and quiet in the corner here. Do you have Bill Gates on speed dial? No, I don't. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Anyone, I wish I did. Anyone with a lot of zeros in their bank? Anyone? I, I think everybody at Microsoft. Yeah, is it like, who, who's the CEO of Microsoft South Africa? Do you know him personally or her personally? It is Satya Nadella currently. And so Bill Gates has come back to the company. He is there as well, very much involved. And so I can't say I know them personally because uh, I don't have on, them on speed dial. Uh, so I can't give them... I can't give you their number. Okay. We were hoping you could. We wanted yeah. to be. We wanted to get Bill in studio with you. Why didn't you bring him with? We're trying Damn. to like get up like nice connections going. But it's fine. <laughs> then we'll just talk to you and Mobile. No, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me, and thanks to the listeners. So you work for Microsoft CSI division. Yes, I head up our citizenship division, and so I look after everything that has to do our corporate social responsibility and our local relevance in South Africa. So then let's talk us through that. What? How did you actually get into the position in the first place? Is it something that you've always wanted to be involved in? It's been an interesting journey for me because when I started after tertiary, I did study in tertiary, I did study IT, but I was very blessed to find my calling when I volunteered and worked for an NGO. And after that time, I got to work in corporate and I've been in the sector now for over 12 years. 
being just growing in the sector. Oh, wow. And that's why I've been with companies like McCarthy, companies like South African Breweries. I've been, now I'm with Microsoft. And you are the change maker at Microsoft. You control the good things. You spread the good things from Microsoft to to South Africans. Uh, now, that's a title to be proud of. I think so. I don't care. Bill Gates may be CEO. Bill Gates ain't got nothing on you. You're on Changemaker. It's really a great job. I'm really blessed to be in this kind of career. I think it's waking up every morning, doing what you're passionate about and making a difference in your country. Because I've realized that every day what inspires me is that I love my country. And Mm. so that's why I get to be the best in what I do and doing what I do at the best level of my ability, actually. You know, I always say, and through actually, you know, Brent, you'll agree with me, in agreeing to do this show, we want to really spread the message of positivity and going out and helping and how great that feels. And I know to some people it might just be like, oh, these guys are back on and they just sound crazy talking about happiness. Why are they so happy and exactly. why, why are they talking about what the dr- good stuff? What drugs are they on? But it literally is, I think, and you can advocate this, Norbele, there's nothing that beats helping somebody else, is there? There's nothing that beats helping somebody else, but also I've learned that there's nothing that beats being passionate about this country. This country needs more people who loves it. And if you love it, you will love its people and you'll make a difference in other people's lives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think you're just just by talking. We haven't even gotten into what it is that you do and what it is that Microsoft does. You yourself are an inspiration. I'm sold. So hats off. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> exactly. Not, not only do I want to be a part of Microsoft, more importantly, I want to be passionate about South Africans. Oh, yeah. South, South, South Africa. There, there's just this buzz about the country. So let's talk about Microsoft, the student to business internship program specifically. What's that all about and how did it, when did it exactly get started? I think just to start, when you look at what we did as Microsoft in South Africa, we wanted to be locally relevant. And that local relevance came with us looking at developing a national plan that aligns to our country's priorities. And one of the pillars of that national plan, it is empowering the youth. And focusing on that empowering the youth, we know that in this country, we've got a huge challenge with youth unemployment. Uh In fact, 25% of of our population are unemployed. And 75% of that 25% is the youth. And what are we doing about it as business, as individuals, as people in the country? That's such a huge segment. If you look at 25%, you said 25% of our population are unemployed. And and that number is increasing. And 75% of those are the youth. And those are the guys that are supposed to be entering the job market and creating new new pathways and jobs within. Exactly. And so you can imagine the level of hopelessness that we are creating amongst that that audience, that youth audience in South Africa. And it's what a, are we doing about it? It's an incredibly scary statistic. And so what we decided to do as Microsoft, actually it was interesting because when the program started those years back, we have a number of partners that we have in South Africa. And our partners kept complaining about we're not getting the right skills. We're not getting the right people. And we as Microsoft, we looked around and we're like, we're sitting in a country where we've got so many unemployed people. And it's mainly sometimes because of our education system. When you go to varsity, it doesn't teach you what you have to do on your job. Yeah. yeah. And so you need a skill. It's not like what you've 
gained as education is what you'll need on the job. And so we create a program called the Student to Business Program where it's really an internship intervention where we match employers to where we match employers to to unemployed students. And what the program did, we would target a employer. They would come and tell us that mobile actually I need so many people that have got the skill. We'll take an unemployed graduate and tell them and and train them on Microsoft certification on that particular skill. And while they're being trained to be the best person on the job, when they get on the job, they can deliver the job and they can deliver their internship program at the same time. Oh, that's great. You know, what I love, and, and really that shows the heart of Microsoft, is a lot of companies, just to buy face, they say they're helping the community and they just do something totally irrelevant. That's, yeah, it's helping out, but it's not really helping the core. But for you guys as Microsoft to actually say, we aren't just going to help, but we want to specifically look at the needs of South Africans out there and how we can help properly and effectively to the point where you now tailor something for the youth, you know, who are the majority of the country who needs help. I think that's amazing. And And I... I think to add to that, Sia, it is the fact that how the model works, Mm -hmm. because now of the 8,000 people that we've taken through the program since its inception, over 80% of them have been placed in full-time employment to even show that it's not the model is working and it's not just an internship where they're getting a stipend from the employer for the full year, but they're also getting formal training at the same time. And so when they get on the job, they hit the ground running. They are well-trained. They are well-prepared. And so that's what the the program covers, that it's not just the technical skills at the same time, but also the life skills that will shape the person and prepare them for their career. That's fantastic. Totally. You're, you're giving them the skills to grow within their company. And if they grow, the company will grow, which will mean more employment for more people. It's a knock-on effect, and it can create... Uh, it can bring that statistic down of unemployment in South Africa. You're doing great things, really, really great things. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to find out, you know, you say, well, Microsoft, the biggest need we have is around core tech positions. What are those exactly? What are core tech positions? When you talk of core tech positions, you're really talking of positions that talk on on develop, on develop app development because we're having a lot of skills when it comes to certain areas in the IT sector. Okay. It's app development, it's engineering, those are some of them. And as a result, as Microsoft, we've developed a program called the App Factory, where we take these aspiring app developers and put them on a 12-month deep dive program where they get trained and they can develop locally relevant apps. Because I think another big problem that we have as Africa is that we can't sit around and expect other countries, other global countries to solve our problems. We need our young people to be given skills and an education where they are skilled enough to solve our local problems. And that's what these young people do. And at the same time, they can be able to compete as well at a global stage with other people of their age. And so it becomes a very relevant program that how do we address these skills? And so app development is one of the biggest at the moment. That's amazing. And, and, And that'll open up more doors because when we get more skilled within a sector like building apps mm-hmm. we could outsource to other countries creating more revenue within south africa oh yeah and you know it's it's undeniable that you know the future is digital and it's very electronic and that we're moving more and more into the information every age. day how 
is Microsoft making sure that as much as they're thinking into the future and digital, how are you making sure that you're getting the majority of South Africans who are who don't have necessarily the doors open to them in you know in the information sense or the digital sense? How do you make sure that you move forward while still moving the country forward as a whole? I think it's it's as you know that this is a very very innovative space and I think for us we've identified young people as this big pool for us to target and as a result Microsoft last year launched the Microsoft for Africa program that focused on three pillars which one of them it is job creation skills de- skills development becomes one of them and I think the key thing again it is getting Africans to solve their own problems and to develop apps that are relevant in our own context but then again looking at other areas outside of the space that I'm talking about you look at how do we really develop our young people to that they get access to these 21st century skills mm-hmm. where they can be able to shape their own careers as a young person why is it that our young people can learn how to use all these apps but they're not learning how they are developed mm-hmm. why is it that they should learn how to use powerpoint microsoft word microsoft access but not understand not be interested into how to develop these things yeah because that's why we should be getting as a country and as a continent that how do we get to that level when people get access to technology why is it that every time people get a phone they just want to access social media why are, are we not thinking at a state where this is a entrepreneurship state and you can get there and develop an app and do something that is bigger than yourself, that mm-hmm. will impact others. And so I think we have a lot of work to do. It's a lot of innovation. And so we're investing a lot in the innovative space on how we get more young people to buy into this innovation idea and the 21st century world class skills. Yeah. And Denali, you hit the nail on the head when you did say it's a lot of work. You know, let's not be oblivious and just talk about great things and let's talk about the future and let's talk about succeeding. But at the end of the day, nothing will work unless we do. Mm. Um, and so back to Microsoft as a whole as well. How much support is Microsoft receiving in starting something like this? You know, innovation is the key word, but how much support are you getting from the community? How um, open-minded is everybody in joining you and supporting you and actually working towards a brighter future for everyone, not just Microsoft? I think in South Africa, it's been amazing, actually, with the student-to-business program. When we launched it those eight years ago, we got support from the MICT CETA, which has been our partner in sponsoring the program. But looking now that, because our government is very serious, government is taking this seriously, youth unemployment, they take it very seriously. And looking at the student-to-business, they've funded the program for the next three years. And so now oh, wow. we are able <laughs> we are huge. able to take on 3,000 more young people into the program because they've invested over $146 million into the program. That is Mainly really because fantastic. the model works, it is creating jobs. Yes. And so when you look at the support, our government has been supportive. And also because when you look at this kind mm-hmm. of program, it's not just a Microsoft program. It's a great example of partnership between government, between other businesses. Because when I talk of partners and employers, it's a number of other businesses that are involved. Yeah. And also addressing a social issue at the same time. And so it's, I, I don't believe in, in programs that are just 
operating in isolation. There needs to be that integrated process of partnership. Yeah. Well, that's that's was leading me to my next question, which was what other companies um, are involved? Who do you when when you have these students, you give them the skills, you give them the training. Where do they get placed? Is it within Microsoft? Is it other companies? Most of them are placed within other companies. Two weeks, during Youth Month now, on, on the 26th of June, we had a graduation of 500 of the students that just completed their internship. Yep. And we had companies like Discovery coming on board to give a testimonial on how these students have added value into the process. And you must remember, this is this is not just an internship where people come to the job and sit and they do nothing. Yeah. This is about business because it's growing our partners' businesses. If those partners grow, those businesses grow, we grow. And so it's one of those, I believe that in the investment way, you know that you have to make this program work. You mm-hmm. have to make these young people successful because if they are successful, they add value into this country. This country will prosper. Pro- businesses will prosper. And we have a very, very solid case study, an example on those. And, you know, to me, that says a lot because it's not just about, oh, we're talking all these hundreds of great people into our own company. But Microsoft is actually going out there and saying, yeah, Take them. But and including government. Exactly. The and the thing for me that really hits home is these aren't just hundreds of people, you know, having a number is great, but these are hundreds of people who have been helped. And when you have been inspired and when somebody has stretched out their hand and helped you along the way, you yourself can mm-hmm. only be inspired to go out there and help. So it's just going to create this massive ripple effect of going out there and doing good. So Agreed. Microsoft is planting the seed. Planting gener- lots of seeds. Oh, yeah. 8,000 of them. Generations after that will be bearing the fruit. So, you know, bravo to you, Microsoft. Thank you. That's that's massive. Hey? How how would a student get involved? So um, what level of education do they need? If they're finished with school, how do they become part of the skills program? The in, what, how the program works, really, once a student, again, I need to make this point very clear, it's for unemployed graduates, not someone who's been on another opportunity and now they're not making it, they want to try. We're really focusing on unemployed people Uh and they must have a diploma. It depends. Again, the nice thing is it depends on the brief of the job, that how high level, like if it's app development, you need someone with a degree. If it's a certain level, you need someone with a diploma. But if you're an IT graduate, it could be a diploma it could be a degree. You come to us and our email address is student to business SA as in S two B S A at Microsoft.com. They contact us and when our partners reach out to us because now the program has been so much on demand that we've got a number of partners that are looking for these students. That's amazing. We're no longer even marketing it because the pool is so big. And because of the jobs fund support that we have the funding to give the support. The students can just email us their profiles and we've got a team that specializes in sifting the students and calling them and letting them know that actually we have this kind of opportunity with this company. Are you interested? They go through an interview process and we don't even run it for us as as Microsoft, but the partners themselves, the employer, get involved in the process in in recruiting their own students. And once they have been recruited, you get to be an internship for 12 months. And while, like I say, it's not just a 12-month internship, but you're getting formal training at the same time. So they aren't going to sit behind a desk. 
they won't be making coffee for anyone. No. They won't. Because that's, that's, I think that's why the program works, because that's a big part of the brief. Yeah. These people are being, these IT companies are driving revenue. They're driving projects. And so it is very easy. That's another nice thing that you get in there as a young person. You come in, you learn, you hit the ground running. You've been ready for this. And in a period of 12 months, we've seen over 80% of them being retained on their jobs. If you're not retaining a job, you're more in demand now because you've got these skills. You've been with this business and you can get any job that you want. And we've seen a number of them that have said, actually, because some of the IT businesses, they're small businesses, they are entrepreneurial businesses, yeah. and they'd be inspired by that spirit. And they'll say, actually, I want to start my own IT business. And we also have a program called B-Spark, where we support IT startups, where we can transfer these small businesses and support what them. What isn't Microsoft that doing? That's, that's, what aren't you guys doing? You're helping us in so many different ways, which is absolutely awesome. Mobile, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you so much, you know, Dan Brent, for having me on your oh show. Oh, yeah. It's, it's only a pleasure. This is what the show is all about. It's to highlight the good that's happening in South Africa. And definitely as Microsoft, you yourself are a change maker, but so is the business. You guys are doing phenomenal things for South Africa and, and the children of South Africa. Exactly. And we'll also make your competitors, you know, get a wake up and start doing good as well. You know, as I said, it's just, it's a ripple effect. Slowly but surely, you know, we're... Planting the seeds now, but, you know, I can't even begin to imagine the repercussions of what you're actually doing is. And you're benefiting so many lives. And so on their behalf, I really want to say thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's hashtag hands across SA with Brent and I. And another hour done and dusted. No, not yet. We can't. We can't let it go. What do you think they would do if we like locked the studio door and we just stayed here? No, I'm joking. joking. Good good news day. All day. All day. (laughs) Welcome. A happy day. We, no, now we'll definitely be a cult. But Brent, totally. thank you so much. It's been incredible. I just want to say Etienne uh, sent us a message on WeChat just saying hi to everyone in studio. Ah. Um, we also had someone ask about Apple. I know we had Microsoft in the studio. <gasps> no, now we're starting like a turf war. It's a, like a it's bit like, of a turf war. I'm going to close my Mac so no one can see it. Excuse me, well, I'm going to use my Microsoft <laughs> software to update and end the show off on a good note. You know, it, it was really flipping awesome. Mandela Day is coming up, so that will be, I think we should focus on next week. Uh, Mandela Day is next week, so you and I have got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. There's a a lot going on at Cliff Central that we're going to be involved in. Very, very excited about that. And if anybody wants to talk to us during the week, you know the hashtag to use, right? It's only normal, only logical hashtag, hands across SA. Otherwise, you know, we have Twitter at CliffCentral.com. WeChat. Yes, send us three messages and we'll see how it goes. But until then, what a wonderful hour. Thank you so much, Brent. My name is Sia. My name is Brent. And Sia.